as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. A number of years ago, Pope John Paul II designated this second Sunday of the Easter celebration to be recognized or celebrated as Divine Mercy Sunday, proclaiming and reminding ourselves of that purpose of Jesus's mission, to proclaim the mercy of the Father, to help us all be reminded again of the reality of, on one hand, our sinfulness, but more importantly, the reality of God's mercy and God's desire that we share in that. You know, as we hear this account, you know, we find Jesus proclaiming that mission to the disciples, to the apostles. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Uh, that they're called to continue that, path, that process of sharing the mercy and the forgiveness of God. We have church, as church are called to continue that same process. To continue to, to allow the mercy of God to be known by how we act, what we do, how we treat one another, all the various ways in which we are able to show the love of God in our lives. But that's not our mission. It's the mission Jesus gave to the apostles, consequently to the whole church. That's you and I. And that's our call to continue to, to go out and to do that. You know, it was a, it, for the disciples at that point, there shouldn't be a, you know, an element of surprise or shock. I mean, Jesus had he intimated to the fact that, uh, that they were to forgive sins, or at least intimated to Peter, you know, the account where he said, you are Peter on this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and so on. That there was that sense that, that at least Peter had been given that awareness that this is what God was about, this is what Jesus was about. And now this is a very direct, very absolute kind of command to all of the apostles, to, to the 11 that were present, uh, minus Judas, obviously, and eventually uh, with Thomas, but he was minus the first day. But that this was something that was different than what they'd done before. They, yes, they had been sent out to proclaim Jesus's presence. He sent them out ahead of him, two by two, to go to the towns and villages he was going to speak at, he was going to proclaim his message to. But it was, again, they were messengers. They weren't doing it. They weren't the ones who were actually proclaiming that forgiveness. That wasn't their task at that point. But at this point now, you know, they were sent out to do that. And in order to accept that, they had to have a great deal of faith. And what was the basis of that faith? That Jesus had truly risen. That that was what gave them the ability to, to trust. If Jesus had truly risen, then, then they could believe that what he was asking them to do was possible. How did they know that he was risen? By seeing the nail marks in his hand, by seeing the, the, the opening in his side, seeing those wounds 
was what allowed them to believe. You know, the account says he showed them his hands and his side when Jesus appeared to them. What was it that Thomas asked? You know, until I can put my hands, my fingers in, in, his, in the nail marks, my hand in his side, I will not believe. When Jesus appears a week later and Thomas is now present, Jesus simply invites him to believe. Come, put your finger here, see my hands, bring your hand, put it into my side. That he invites Thomas to have that same experience that the other apostles had had the week before. John doesn't tell us in the gospel whether, whether Thomas actually touched him, whether he actually did that. But we have the account of his faith my Lord and my God. That Thomas, in experiencing that, that visible Christ with the wounds, could believe that Jesus had truly risen. And now he's able to respond. That as we come to, to, together as, as God's people, as we come together as church, you know, how do we, how's our faith established? How, what, what is it that gives us that assurance? You know, we're not going to be seeing the visible signs of Jesus' suffering. We're not going to be putting our hands in his side. You know, that's not, not the way we're going to come to believe. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, but still believe. You know, we come to believe because of the faith of those who have shared that with us, who have come to that conviction uh, that our experience is not going to be the personal experience of the risen Christ, but it is the personal experience of the church, the people who have come to believe in him, who have come to put their confidence and their trust in the life that God has shared. We too experience the mercy and the forgiveness of God through his church, through the people who have come to believe, that we continue to express the care and the mercy of our God, not simply to receive it, but to make it present, to share it with those around us. Our mission is the same mission that Jesus gave to the apostles, to carry out his work, to carry out what it was that he had come to do. That in recognizing those who've come to believe, recognizing those who trust in the reality of the risen Christ, even though they've not yet seen him, that our faith is brought about we come together with our, with our wounds, with our failings. Um, and like Thomas, sometimes it's the wounds that help us to believe. The fact that we see those wounds in ourselves, we see those wounds in people around us. And yet we also see that faith, that confidence. That oftentimes it's the wounds that help us to know the reality of God's goodness, the reality of God's care for us.